0: Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Matt Walsh referred, uh, responded to, (laughs) responded to my comments yesterday on the show from last friday i commented on a show last friday uh matt walsh if you don't know he works for the daily daily wire and uh he is he's great he's so dry he makes the mojave desert look like uh cardi b uh it's 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 amazing he's 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 great he's great i love him to death um but he, you have to have like a like your sarcasm level maxed maxed out to really get him so uh he did respond to my um my uh, <clears throat> response to, he was talking about urinals, all right? And how he doesn't like urinals and they're make, they make him feel like an animal and they are you know, make him feel dirty and uncivilized and stuff like that. Real, real stupid stuff. Anyway, um, so we got the clip of him responding to my comment. So he, he reads the comment and then he responds to it. And then I'll, I'm going to respond to that. Um, Shock Monkey Radio says, urinals are the reason there's never a line for the men's room. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. A lot of urinal defense in the comments, which is kind of weird to me. Some people taking this, the urinal thing, way too personally. Defending urinals. I get it. I get that it's it's more efficient that way. I just don't like being treated like an animal. That's all. We are animals. We are animals. There's no civilized debutante bourgeois way to tap a kidney. We are men. We are efficient. And that's why God gave man a fire hose. And that's why we invented the urinal. I think that maybe you just prefer to sit down when you pee. I mean, it is a weird argument. But you started it with all your prejudice about urinals. Just kidding. Love you, Matt. Sweet baby gang for life. (laughs) It's just nice to be noticed. Okay, so let's go on to this next segment here. God bless... Willis Carrier, the inventor of the modern air conditioning, all right? Summers have been brutal. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's been hot, okay? And as you know, crime spikes when the heat spikes, all right, especially in cities with higher temperatures. So God bless air conditioning and God bless Willis Carrier. I would rather people hang out in their safe ref- refuge of their A.C. and just say, eh, it's just too dang hot to commit." commit crime. Imagine all the crime that Willis Carrier prevented, not to mention the lives saved. Hundreds of people would drop dead of a heat stroke in Phoenix or Santa Fe every single year, not to mention that no one would want to live in such places without A.C. But because air conditioning exists, it has led people to migrate to such unbearably hot states that it has changed populations in those hotter states, thus altering the representation and demographics of our government. All because of Willis Carrier. Air conditioning is amazing and has provided decadent comfort to us poor humans. Do you remember what it was like before air conditioning? Oh, it was so awful. It was so awful. In, in the summers, your house would turn into an oven. It would be nigh, nigh on impossible to sleep during the day in your house. And people worked night shifts back then, too. And God forbid you wanted to eat anything. You had to cook it, and, and you had to cook it. You know, and that just added to the heat index in your house. You know why sweet tea is so popular in the southern United States? Because of the blazing summer heat and the fact that AC is a relatively new invention. That's why southern houses all have large porches, frequently wrapping around the entire house, depending on how affluent the house. But even the cheapest of homes in the south have some sort of porch where you can sit in the shade in some, on some sort of porch where you can sit in the shade and sip tea and pray for an occasional breeze or rainstorm. That's why southerners are so sociable, too. Because come evening in the summer, everyone is out on their porch sipping tea and saying things to their neighbors like, Lord, it was a hot one today, Clarence. Showing enough, Jethro, my cousin from Vermont touched my wrought iron fence at three in the afternoon and burnt herself. Dang, Clarence, you gotta warn them Yankees, they don't know no better. But there's some bad things that come from A.C., just as is true about every invention. First of all, we don't hang out on our front porches anymore, shooting the breeze with our neighbors. Today, most of your neighbors are probably complete strangers that you have never spoken to. Another thing is that A.C. has allowed people to hole up in their homes. They're so cool and so comfortable that they just gain weight. When we didn't have A.C., that spare tire you were carrying around just made you all the hotter. And you wouldn't even have an appetite because sometimes it's just too damn hot to eat. But if you were out in the heat sweating out all your water weight, hell, it's like a sauna. It opens up all your pores, you know. (laughs) Uh, AC has led to the obesity problem in this country. Being 400 pounds in the deep south is pretty damn risky. People that big sweat a lot on a cool day. But in the end, you have to be grateful for the simple pleasures of life. We are lucky to be living in an era where air conditioning exists. And AC alone makes us the most privileged and comfortable 1% in all of human history. God bless Willis Carrier. I'm fat, I hate the heat. What do you want? Chugging, <clears throat> chugging eight bottles of water today. <laughs> okay. Cows have ugly tits, huh? What if human women evolved their tits like that? I know, I know, we're all more closely related to primates than bovines. But just imagine for a minute that women's breasts were like cow breasts. You know, just a gunt with four little nipples on it. I know you might think it's disgusting now. But if humans evolved that way, it would prob- probably just turn you on, just by me, by me talking about it. You'd never know anything different. And that's, that's kind of the point. And that's what, be, what would be what men stared at, all right? Would women wear, like, high shirts or low pants to show off a little of their cleavage? You know how uh, how awkward it would be for men trying to sneak a look? You'd actually have to tilt your head down. <laughs> and that's very obvious. We'd get caught all the time. Imagine their cold nipples poking through their pants. Four little nubs protruding and driving all the men wild. Breastfeeding would be weird, right? Kids' face all down in the woman's crotch. <laughs> But what if we evolved that way and it would be perfectly normal? I imagine breast implants would be an easier procedure. You just have one bag to put in, not two. Imagine strippers in this alternate reality with tassels on their udders and spinning them with uncanny talent. Plus, you got to understand from the udders up, women would look like Elliot Page. And when you're making out with them and you start moving your hand down their body, they wouldn't know if you're trying to steal second or third. What would we even, would we even call them tits anymore? Or breasts, or chesticles, or knockers, or anything plural? Scar Scar Joe shows her tit in this movie. I don't even think they would have a PG-13 rating in that world. Anyway, cow tits are ugly. Uh, That's my only point. I don't don't know how bulls ever get it up. All right, so I was uh, sick. Just past weekend, and it was not fun. I don't like being sick. But I did get to rewatch American Horror Story, and it's, it's not good. I'm not even going to bother giving it star ratings because, I mean, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it starts out okay and then just... <laughs> and, um, and I remember why I haven't really talked about Amer- American Horror Story so, so much. Is it was during the coven season, American Horror Story coven, Uh, It made me angry at parts because I feel like they've ripped a couple things from my Exit 13 books. Now, if you go look for the author Scott L. Robbins on Amazon.com, Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's, you'll find the Exit 13 books. And uh, if you want more, you just, I'm going to have to sell millions of those. I'm going to have to make some serious money (laughs) on those book sales if you want more of the story. But if you, if you read, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a story, rec- recurring story in the, in the books, the Exit 13 series, uh, called The Warlock. And there was, and a lot of things, there were a few things, I should say, a couple of things that I saw in American Horror Story Coven that I was like, gee, that's familiar. You know what I mean? So I would suggest that you go buy those books and judge for yourself. Judge for yourself. See, Do you think that America FX ripped me off? <laughs> FX, that's Fox, so I guess I don't mind. But, uh, hey, you know, throw a little buckage my way and <laughs> you buy my books. Exit 13 books on, uh, yeah, Amazon.com for digital download. They're short stories. Don't take long to read. I think 99 cents each. Real cheap. Scott L. Robbins, two T's and two B's. Anyway, so re-watching it again, rewatching the American Horror Story again. You know, it's just hilarious watching Jessica Lang pretend she's pretty or that she can sing. I don't know what's, what, which is funnier. Her thinking she's pretty. Or her singing, because it's hilarious. And I just, I don't know how that woman is enacting. acting. I mean, uh, I think recycling the actors is lazy, in my opinion. You know, and Lady Gaga, really? Did someone explain to her that acting is pretending to be someone else? Anyway, so I I rewatched, I was sick, and I rewatched American Horror Story, and I was just angry at that while sick. I remember I started getting better uh, two days ago. And that, and I, I knew I was getting better because I was watching the news and I had the energy to get angry at it. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> I think I'm feeling better. <laughs> okay. So I got one more thing before we go into the news worth knowing. And I want to talk about Dean Venture is my hero. And I don't know if you've ever watched the Venture Brothers. I really love the Venture Brothers. I've watched it, the whole series, I've watched it many times. I think it's one of the best cartoons that's ever existed, that Adult Swim ever did. And, uh, and that's a tough competition when you talk about Adult Swim. And so, uh, <clears throat> but I think it's the best, best thing ever done. And I love, I love Dean. He is my hero. And I'll tell you why. I picked out two moments in Dean's life that I said I'm just rooting for Dean, and Dean is my hero. I just he's the character I identify mo- most with. And now, just to give you a little bit of background about the Venture Brothers, if you don't know, it's uh, it's about Doc Venture, you know, this washed up failure scientist and you know, uh, his dad's legacy empire, you know, Venture Industries, and he's a screw up, pill popping, uh, lazy good for nothing and uh he's got this um because he's sitting on all this technology that the government you know cares about you know he's got a bodyguard from the osi which is like secret service or something like that who is brock samson and if you watch that show for any one reason brock Sampson is probably the number one reason the number two reason is dean venture in my opinion all right and brock samson is just 100 percent american badass and uh everything he does is just awesome Put the guns down, boys. You don't want to shoot me. You know me. You know what I'll do to you if you do. That kind of guy. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and so there's Hank and Dean Venture, who are the boys, uh, Doc Venture's sons. However, they're clones, and <laughs> they're death-prone, and they really have the worst life you can ever imagine for a teenager, and they're teenage, teenage boys. But there's two moments in Dean's life Presented in the story where I'm just like, Dean is my hero. So I'm going to tell you about these two incidents. Now, the first is Dean versus Dermot. All right, there is this um, uh, like boy camp for boy adventurers that Doc Venture is putting on to scout these kids for, uh, based on his legacy as being a little rusty venture from the cartoons and stuff like that. Anyway, so he's, uh, uh, and so Dermot shows up, who you end up later finding out, that's spoilers, by the way um, You end up late, later finding out He's also a Venture Brother Venture Brothers are all over the place <laughs> in the show Anyway, so uh, But he's uh, Dermot is a real jerk and you know? He's a real boastful bragger He's full of shit And he's just an awful person I don't like him no, Nobody really likes him except Hank All right And, Bro- and, he, and Dermot pisses off Brock Samson All right And Dean is like basically scared of Dermot All right but Brock gets real mad at this kid and he wanted to beat up this kid because he's just a loud mouth braggart jerk, you know? And, uh, uh, doc says, don't do it. You know, you're an adult. He's a kid, you know? And it's like, oh, you're right. You know? And so Brock eventually says, "Is like, I'll get another kid to beat him up. <laughs> so He ends up get finding, he's looking for Hank. Can't find Hank. Cause Hank's all for hanging out with Dermot. And so, uh, and, uh, so he finds Dean and he tries to teach Dean how to punch. And Dean's like, eh, eh, he's got, at least keep your wrist straight. You know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, the whole time Dean's talking about Dermot because he finds him rude. Right. And finally, Triana, Dean's crush, Triana. All right. He's sitting there like talk, talking to her. And he's sitting there complaining about Dermot and he's like, how oh, he's, he's very rude and stuff like that. And, uh, She's, she says, oh, you're pretty cute sometimes. And he goes, and he's just so excited. Can't wait to respond to this. And then Dermot and he, Hank show up and sits, sits down. And Dermot just starts being Dermot. I'm not going to tell you what he said. But the whole time, <laughs> Dean's just just stewing, frustrated, and mad. Right? And finally, finally, Dermot says something rude to Triana. And then all of a sudden, Dean just breaks. Nobody! That's not How? And it doesn't matter what he said because it had no context with whatever anyone else was saying. I mean, it is just completely out of context. He's just so mad, trying to construct a sentence to express that. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? But as soon as that happens, Hank kind of jumps up in his chair, like he's seen. He's seen. He's seen Dean get pushed to this point before, so Hank's getting a little scared. And then, fi- and then, uh. Dermot starts to fire back and Dean just has enough. He jumps over Triana and just starts beating the hell out of Dermot, punching him in the face on the ground over and over again. You're very rude. You're just very rude. Just punched him over and over again. And people are seeing this like Brock's up on stage and he's seeing this. And, uh, uh, Dr. Z there, he calls Dean. That boy is a spinning murder top. (laughs) And, uh, uh, Doc goes over there uh, Doc starts saying, "Yeah, Dean get off that boy And he goes And uh, Brock holds it back Yeah they're kids They're kids Just let them work it out And Brock's like yeah (laughs) I love Dean for that moment I love Dean for that moment Now The real The real clincher That made me say Dean is my hero Dean is my favorite character Is Dean versus the Outrider Give me a moment Because this is awesome Hank and Dean, they eventually graduate from their nerd pods, their hypno beds that they sleep in, and so his father decides to their father decides to throw them a prom, but it's mostly a party for him. And so uh, (laughs) he decides to throw this throw throw him a prom. And Dean, he invites Triana, even though he know he knows it's a friend thing, and she and uh, he, he ends up finding out she has a boyfriend and stuff like that. And so Dean proceeds to have the worst possible prom night any kid should ever have, all right? And he makes, he makes Triana mad because he was mad about her having a boyfriend and she was like, oh, you know, this is a friend thing and, you know, he obviously doesn't want it to be that way and so he can't let it stand and so she ends up, like, leaving the prom and leaving, leaving there but Hank and Dermott, they decide to help Dean, and they say she's a goth girl. We'll wear something spooky, you know. Um, you know, dress up in something she'd like, and then we'll go to her house. We'll build her name with like uh, branches. We'll set it on fire, and you, you know, profess your love to her or something like that. <clears throat> so they get on Dermot's moped and drive out to Triana's house. Dean shows up with a ghost costume. He goes <laughs> like, Oh, I thought I thought she liked spooky things. Goth girls like spooky things. And they and Hank and Dean had assembled the word Triana on, on, the, um, on the lawn in front of <laughs> Triana's house. And they poured gas, but they ran out of gas on the tea. They poured gas on the tea. <laughs> and so they lit the thing on fire. And uh, only the tea caught. <laughs> and Hank's out and Dean's out front in the ghost costume going, Triana. And so the Outrider. And Triana's mother comes out of the house and says, "Get back, you racist bastards!" Because <laughs> it looks like a burning cross And a guy in a KKK outfit, all right? Because <laughs> Dean's in a ghost costume. Dean pulls his mask off and at, talks to the Outrider and says, "Oh, Triana's at her boyfriend's house," and you know he quickly figures out what Dean is up there, up, up to there, <laughs> and so, um, and he tells uh, he tells Dean something like something to the effect of, "Hey, you know." I think it was Baba Oj or something like that. Who said you cannot step into the same river twice? You know you can't. You know you you possibly. It's basically you had your chance with Triana. She's moved on. You know you should just let it go. You know I don't know. That's pretty sound advice I I say. But he goes what? and he's like, "What do you say, son?" And Dean sit there thinking for a second. You know what I think? Fuck you. <laughs> and- <laughs> That, my friends, is why Dean is my hero, my main character, and I can really identify with that kid because, you know what? I, I, there were times in my life I should have jumped across Triana and beat the crap out of a Dermot. There were times I really felt like I should have said, you know what I think? <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. All right, CNN, MSNBC primetime shows ignore breaking news of ex-Senator Barbara Boxer being attacked and robbed in California. The real news is Senator Boxer was ro- attacked and robbed in California. All right, um, she was robbed of her cell phone Monday in Oakland, but anyone who relies on, M- on CNN or MSNBC's primetime l- time lineups for news was left in the dark about the stunning attack. The liberal media has been criticized recently for downplaying or ignoring a spike in violent crimes in America's largest cities. Boxer being robbed appears to be the latest example as CNN and MSNBC both ignored the breaking news during primetime as details unfolded, according to a Graben media search of transcripts. Boxer, a Democrat from California, was in Oakland's Jack London Square neighborhood when someone pushed her in the back and took her phone. She tweeted late in the afternoon on Monday. Tucker Carlson tonight, Hannity, the Ingram Ingram Angle, (laughs) it's a horrible name for show. Box, just putting that out there, all mentioned the breaking news that was ignored by CNN and M- MSNBC. Anderson Cooper 360, CNO uh, Cuomo Primetime, Don Lemon Tonight, and all, you know, Rachel Maddow, last word to Lawrence O'Donnell, and the 11th Hour with Brian Williams all kept the breaking news from their viewers. CNN and M- MSNBC did not immediately respond to requests for comments. Of course they did. Of course they didn't. All right, quote, The lack of national corporate media coverage of the spike in violent crime does disservice to the people in the cities, who are victims and contributes to, a downward spi- to the downward spiral. spiral. Cornell law school professor and media critic William A. Jacobson recently told Fox News. He went on to say these cities are almost entirely have progressive mayors suggesting some of the lack of coverage is politically motivated. In a statement, Boxer's office said that she is thankful that sh- uh, she was not seriously injured. Yes, thank God for that. CNN's New, New Day, <clears throat> excuse me, New Day, <laughs> managed to cover the story on Tuesday morning. Boxer, who is 80, served in the U.S. Senate from 93 to 2017, when she was succeeded by Kamala Harris. Boxer also served for a decade in the House of Reps. The incident occurred in Oakland, where Ma- Demo- Democratic Mayor Libby Schaff, forgive me, has held office since 2015. "Quote: The news media are so leftist that they refuse to call out liberal mayors of cities for spikes in c- violent crime," Media Research Center Vice President Dan Gaynor told Fox News. The department's robbery section is investigating the incident. A $2,000 reward is putting, is being offered for information leading to an arrest. Yeah. She is very lucky not to have been hurt. Thank God. You know, she may be a Democrat, but, I, you know, she's still an American. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. But, I mean, you know, as, uh, as a side note, it's like, hey, you know, these liberal media companies, they aren't covering stuff like that. Anyway, let's go to this next story. Uh, McCarthy and Republicans point finger at Pelosi over January 6 capital security failure. Republicans claim that Pelosi failed to take actions that could have helped. Yeah, so House Minority Leader Representative Kevin McCarthy from California and other House GOP leaders blasted House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Tuesday this morning, accusing her of being ultimately responsible for security failure- failures at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Prior to a hearing by the House's commission that is looking into the events of that day, McCarthy pointed to failures at the top that could have contributed to what happened that day. Quote, December 14th, the leadership knew that there was a problem, McCarthy said. Even prior to that, an inspector general report told us that there was a failed leadership at the top of the police, top of the police for the training. The minority leader noted that no hearing was held to address that report. House Republican Conference Chair Representative Elise Stefanik from New York echoed echoed this, claiming that in December 2020, Pelosi was made aware of potential security threats to the Capitol and she failed to act. On January 4th, House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving, who reports to Pelosi, denied a request to send in the National Guard to help handle the crowd on January 6th. Quote, the American people deserve to know the truth that Nancy Pelosi bears responsibility as Speaker of the House for the tragedy that occurred on January 6th, Stefanik said. Pelosi, as Speaker, does not directly oversee the U.S. Capitol Police, according to the Associated Press, but uh, does appoint the House Sergeant-at-Arms, who is on the Capitol Police Board, that oversees the department. The department is also overseen by committees from both houses of Congress. Stefanik also accused Pelosi of uh, running a biased commission based on politics, not a desire for truth. Quote, she's an authoritarian who has broken the people's house, she said. House Minority Whip Steve Scalise from Louisiana claimed that Pelosi's commitment to her own narrative of what happened is akin to, the, to her failure to hold a hearing on the origins of COVID-19. Uh, too often we've seen a pattern of Speaker Pelosi trying to cover up the narrative that she doesn't, uh, that she doesn't want out there when she should be trying to get all the facts, he said. McCarthy stressed that the importance of investigating what happened, but claimed that the commission will not look at the whole picture. Quote, but unfortunately, Speaker Pelosi will only pick on people uh, onto the committee that will ask the questions she wants. She wants asked, McCarthy said. That becomes a failed committee and a failed report, a sham that no one one can believe. If you want the true answers, do not be afraid of the questions that you will get asked and drive the evidence to wherever it comes. Comes forward, yeah. So I just I'd rather that people talk about the the riots, you know, over the last you know, last year's summer. You know, there was a lot more lost, a lot more lives lost, but they're all, everyone's focusing in on this date, and I I don't like that the Republicans are trying are playing this game in this in this arena. It shouldn't be about January 6th. It should have been the riots over the you know, summer of 2020. Anyway, let's go on to this next story. CDC to rec- recommend masks for some vaccinated people in certain situations. You ready for this insanity? <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are, ex- are expected, is expected, are expected. Is expected to announce Tuesday that some vaccinated individuals uh, resume wearing masks in certain situations to protect against COVID-19, versing its earlier guidance that only unvaccinated individuals should wear face coverings. A federal source confirmed the news to Fox News after reporting from New York Times. In May, the CDC announced that uh, vaccinated individuals were not required to wear masks indoors or outdoors or physically distance while maintaining that unvaccinated individuals should continue to wear masks and socially distance. At the time, the CDC was still still recommended that fully vaccinated individuals wear masks while in crowded indoor settings, such as riding public transportation and in hospitals, prisons, and homeless shelters. CDC told Fox News last week that it has no plans to update its mask use recommendations. The expected guidance comes as the Biden administration ramps up its warnings to the Delta variant of COVID-19 as the strain becomes more prominent in the United States. Delta variant has ripped through the unvaccinated population in America with CDC Director Dr. Rachel Walensky, saying that the variant is spreading with incredible efficiency and now represents more than 83% of the virus circulating in the United States. Last week, the White House said unvaccinated individuals should be more fearful than the vaccinated of the threat of the Delta variant. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki cited a CBS News poll that showed that vaccinated Americans are more fearful about the Delta variant than unvaccinated people. Jesus. "Quote that's clearly concerning to us because unvaccinated people should be more fearful," Sacky said. "Well, yeah, that makes sense." Mean, meanwhile, Walensky, during the COVID briefing last week, maintained that unvaccinated individuals need to be wearing the mask, a mask, to protect yourself and others around you. "Quote: We should, we need more people to get vaccinated to stop this pandemic," she said, adding that CDC recommendations haven't changed but warned that if individuals are in an area that has a high case rate and a low rate of vaccination, you should certainly be wearing a mask, quote, unquote, quote, unquote, quote. If you are un- unvaccinated, if you are vaccinated, you get excep- exceptional protection from the vaccines. But if you have the opportunity to make personal choice and to add extra layers of protection, if so, you cho- if so, you choose, Walensky said. Walensky also urged Americans who are hesitant to get, get, to get vaccinated to speak with their health care providers and friends and family and ask questions before they making a critical decision. Uh, Wal- Walensky also urged <clears throat> the unvaccinated to continue to do things that we know work to protect you and your family until you're fully vaccinated. <clears throat> Walensky added that unva- unvaccinated individuals should take the Delta variant very seriously. Quote, if you're not vaccinated, please take the Delta very se- seriously. This virus has no incentive to let up and remains in search of the next vulnerable person to infect, Walensky said. Please consider getting vaccinated and take precautions until you do. At this point, the CDC says that more than 163 million Americans have been fully vaccinated, while more than 188 million have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine. All right, so here's the thing. Even if you're vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. What's the point? What's the point? I feel, it makes me feel like there's going to, they're trying to make this, you know, medical police state, you know, like you can't interact with anyone anymore because you might get sick, you know, and it flies in the face of any real science. You know, it's just, it's once a virus gets introduced to a population, it it has to be assimilated by the population. That's all there is to it. And I don't want to live in fear. What's the point? What's the point in going and getting the shot? Why should I spend the, take time out of my day to do that if I'm going to have to wear a mask anyway? If the vaccine works, it works. If it gives you a better chance against the Delta variant, fine. But, you know, you're going to have to get it sooner or later, whether you're vaccinated or not. Holy cow. But they, they want to keep us in this crazy lockdown state, driving kids crazy in their homes. You know, it's bad enough that even before all this COVID stuff, you know, kids are, are playing video games too much anyway. They're always on their, uh, you know, tablets and shit like that. It was bad enough before all this. Now you're forcing them to do nothing but stuff like that. Kids should be outside in the summer right now, riding their bikes around, jumping dirt mounds and stuff with their bikes. Like when I was a kid, you know, they should be going to school, playing with their friends. Well, it's summer, they shouldn't be at school. But come fall, they should be going to school. And talking with their friends and seeing their friends' faces and their teachers' faces. Instead, you want to come up with these crazy-ass rules? You're going to put us in on lockdown every time the cold season comes around? You're out of your mind. The only place where I think masks should be worn are hospitals, for obvious reasons, because hospitals are where sick people go. And even then, it should be up to you. If you're like me and, like, half suicidal, and it's like Ebola's in there, Let's go check it out. Wear a mask? Hell no. Roll the dice. That's my right as an American, goddammit. Anyway, let's go on to this next next story. How many more do I got here? Let me double check. Yeah, two more stories, and then we'll be done. All right, so Pennsylvania Deli warns of hiding a police car. Quote, the cop hides behind this sign. <laughs> A photo on Facebook appears to show a deli revealing that a cop car hi- revealing that a cop car was hiding behind a store sign to catch speeders. Turns out, however, the message was actually on the sign before the police ever showed up. Do <laughs> you think the, the cops did? Did they not notice it? The Bridgeville Police Department in Pennsylvania posted a picture to its Facebook page that shows one of its cars sitting behind the sign for a local deli. While the car would be normally be well hidden behind the sign, the messaging seems to give away the cops' presence. Slow it down, it reads, the cop hides behind the sign. It also mentions there will be a fish fry on Friday. Ah, Ha, ha, (laughs) ha. They want to push that fish. The police department captioned the post, because, oh, the police department posted it. Golly. The police department captioned the post, well, I guess the joke's on us. SMH. Good one, PJ's Deli. Jeez. What, they buy him some new vests or something? Anyway, it turns out, however, that the sign wasn't put up to give away the hiding cop car. According to the deli's owner, the sign was there to put there to prevent dangerous driving, and the police had never used used it to hide their cars. It was put up as a joke, and they came and parked the cruiser behind the sign and took their own picture. Pam Wheat, owner of the PJ's deli, told Fox 5. Ah, an interesting turn to the story. Wheat continued. We see accidents almost daily on our corner, and it's because of a bad intersection, and they don't do, and they do not use my property to hide, so you just let that secret out of the bag. <laughs> According to the news outlet, the deli has a good relationship with the local police department. When officers found out this about the sign, they thought it was funny and wanted to be part of the joke. Bridgeville Police Chief Chad King told Fox 5, I thought this was great because it shows that we can laugh at ourselves. And the good thing about this story, this, you know I like to end in the last two stories on a positive note. And the good thing about this story is that the owner of the deli is aware of the traffic patterns around his location. You know, and you, you don't want people getting in accidents in front of your business. That, that's not necessarily good for business. You don't want anyone getting killed out in front of your business. Because, you know, the horror, oh, the humanity, you don't want that stuff to happen. And so this private business owner decided to put this on this sign, bluffing people. There's a, a cop could hide behind this sign. You know, the cops saw it and said, hey, wouldn't it wouldn't be fun to put this up on our social media? All right. So this is a private citizen trying to help enforce traffic laws for safety. And that's the reason why traffic laws exist, for our safety. Anyway, I think that's a very cool story. And it shows that we all have a civic responsibility to each other. You know what I mean? One last story and then we're out of here. Uh, High school students build wheelchair stroller to help father walk his newborn. A Maryland father whose mobility was impaired after having brain surgery was given the chance to walk with his newborn son. It was all thanks to a group of students at Bullis School in Potomac that was on a mission to help out a fellow teacher. Three years ago, Matt Ziegler, the school's bit lab coordinator, uh, created a class that utilizes the school's makerspace, a collaborative workplace filled with tools and advanced technology like 3D printers to focus on empathy-driven projects. Man, I would he love to go to high school right now? Jeez, that sounds awesome. It's called Making for Social Good. The goal of the class each year is to pick a person, pick a person or an organization that uh, we can design or build something for and go through some sort of empathy-driven process to p- understand what it is that they really need and then also to design something that uses the tools in the lab that could hopefully be fabricated by other people that come ac- with access to similar tools. Ziegler told Fox News. One of their latest projects, started in November of 2020, was for a fellow teacher who gave birth to a baby boy in March of 2021. Chelsea King's husband, Jeremy, had brain surgery three years ago. Afterwards, he was faced with some balance issues, quote, so it wouldn't be safe for him to carry their son around or push a stroller, Ziegler said. After interviewing the family about what they needed or wanted out of the device, safety, maneuverability, and for it to be easily attachable, the students got to work. Quote, we were using some 3D 3D modeling software and the students each uh, sort of came up with different suggestions, very quick prototypes, Ziegler said. The class broke into two groups to test out two different designs. For one model, the students took an infant car seat and attached it directly to the wheelchair. For the other, uh, the students connected the wheelchair to an, an existing stroller so you can actually push the stroller in front of you, he added. Both models were gifted to the family after extensive testing. The project was completed and the instructions to build the models were posted online to help others facing similar obstacles. Wow. However, the point isn't about the accomplishment of just one project. According to Ziegler, it's important to understand that these makerspaces have the power to create things that truly help people rather than just printing little toys and decorative objects and things that aren't really functional or useful in this world. (laughs) Let's make something useful instead of, you know, a little charm bracelet or something. (laughs) Uh, quote, it's important to recognize the power that these tools, the power that these tools that make up space has to build uh, functional things that could benefit people, he said. <laughs> He's even a little, a little arrogant about it. I love it. <laughs> but I mean, I, th- I think it's so amazing. Like the stuff that we can build now, being an engineer these days must be awesome. It must be awesome. And I love it that these high school students went ahead and and did something kind for somebody else and also posted this information online for anyone else who has access to those tools can build it. All right, so that's the last story. That's going to be the end of our show. Uh, I want to remind you again to go over to, I didn't tell you this time, go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, become a patron. I would appreciate it. I also have this uh, YouTube channel. If you're watching the video, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, search for shock monkey already on YouTube or BitShoot. I am on BitShoot as well. Um, just in case, <laughs> if you know, if you know, know how things are out there. So I'm on BitShoot and YouTube you know, be sure to like, share and subscribe to those videos, you know, interact with them. That's always good for the algorithms and so forth. I would appreciate that. Uh, if you need if you want to send me cash, you can send me cash through the cash app. Use the cash tag ShockMonkeyRadio. I would appreciate it. And if you want to email me sometime, you know, you can email me at madman at FXBGPR.com. Uh, I could if you ask me questions, I'll maybe read them on the air in a mailbag segment. Also, if if you email me saying please join our podcast network, no, 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 no. I'm not going to join your podcast network. I'm FXBG Public Radio through and through. Just like Sweet Baby Gang. Anyway, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, the Madman, and I love you.